and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. In this episode, we're looking at the Hopkinsville, Kentucky UFO encounter. That's correct, the Hopkinsville, Kentucky UFO encounter. And this is right up there at the top levels of high strangeness. Now, this first article comes to us from news or from journalnews.com. It's dated February 1st, 2023, so this is recent. It's written by Hannah Collins. The title says, Inside the Kelly Hopkinsville Encounter, One of the Most Bizarre and Convincing Alien Events Ever. Starts off, it says, In 1965, two families in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, survived one of the craziest alien encounters ever recorded. Not only did they see a flying saucer, but they engaged in a gunfight with a group of mysterious creatures and survived multiple attacks on their home. The story of the Kelly Hopkinsville visitation is one of the most interesting tales of an extraterrestrial meeting. It fits into an interesting narrative of the many cryptid and UFO sightings that plagued the eastern seaboard in the mid-20th century. She goes on and says, At the time of the attacks, the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter turned the nation on its head. The visitation happened in the middle of UFO fever, when everyone was flying saucers, when everyone was seeing flying saucers. But there was something different about this case. Not only did the people involved see a spacecraft, but they came face to face with the creatures who were piloting it. Did, did 11 people really fight off aliens in 1955, or did they just make the whole thing up? Now, let's just be clear. This is a mass sighting where they are involved with a gunfight with the aliens. Now, it's hard to imagine that 11 people could have been involved in this conspiracy and nobody would have ever uh, come out at some point and said, well, you know, it was a joke or whatever. It says, as night fell on, Kente- on Kelly, an unincorporated area outside of Hopkinsville, Kentucky, on August 21st, 1955, Billy Ray Taylor was taking a trip to the family well. He was staying in Glennie Lankford's farmhouse with the Sutton family and others, some of which, like Taylor, had recently left the carnival life. As Taylor drew his water, something bright shot across the sky. Taylor believed that he saw a spaceship zip through the clouds and land behind a patch of trees. However, when he told everyone inside about the round metallic object with white rainbow-colored streaks trailing behind it, no one believed him. Apparently, Taylor was known to tell tall tales, so everyone assumed he was trying to get a rise out of them. No one believed Billy. No one believed Billy when he told them about seeing a spaceship pass overhead. But he was convincing enough that his friend Lucky went back to the well with him to check it out. There was nothing at the well, but on their way back to the house, the two men saw a glowing figure walking out of the woods, holding its hands over its head. The two men ran back to the house and began to barricade the doors. So whatever this thing was, it scared the living daylights out of these two people. Remember, 1955, backwoods Kentucky. Long before cell phones, probably didn't even have a television, uh, didn't have running water. They're out there using the well. And so these are just kind of, they sound like just simple uh, folk there in rural Kentucky who would have no idea what to think of when they saw an alien face-to-face. It says, The initial news report of the case claims that there were 12 creatures surrounding the household that evening. The little green men seemed confused. 
They approached the house, one by one, and acted very strange. They peeked through the windows, tried to get into the front doors, and even floated up into a tree at one point. So it sounds like this craft they were in either crashed or landed in the nearby uh, timber, and these entities had, I guess, left the craft and walked toward this house. It seems like they were in a stage of confusion about as much as the people inside the house. It says the families armed themselves with a 12-gauge shotgun and a 22 caliber, 22 caliber rifle, and they waited. When one of the creatures pressed his face against a screen window, Billy Ray Taylor fired, but nothing happened. The screen was destroyed, but the creature simply disappeared. And this reminds me of what happens when we talk about hunters uh, shooting Bigfoot. It seems like oftentimes a bullet just seems to have no effect on him. Same thing with the skinwalkers. Taylor, Lucky, and some of the other men went outside, where they were nearly ambushed by a creature waiting for them on the roof. A taloned claw allegedly swiped at Taylor before floating away. After going back inside, more creatures appeared, and more shots were fired, but the bullets didn't affect the creatures. They f the, f <clears throat> the family said that the sound of the bullets hitting the creatures was similar to that of ammunition hitting a sheet of metal. So maybe these things had some sort of force field around them where they were just reflecting the bullets. It goes on and says, After the one-sided gun battle, the family settled down and tried to figure out what to do next. The elderly Glennie Lankford came to the conclusion that the small gray creatures with spinally useless legs and human-like hands weren't trying to harm anyone. But she also didn't want them on her property. When the group felt the coast was clear, everyone piled into their cars and drove to the police station in Hopkinsville. When the family arrived, they were freaked out. The police didn't know how to handle the situation. It occurred eight years after the Roswell incident, and everybody was seeing flying saucers. The cops went out to the farmhouses to investigate, but all they found were signs of a gun battle. Now remember, this is 1955. This would have been uh, ten years after World War II, Right at you know at the height of the Cold War and at the height of when uh, the U.S. and the Soviet Union were just letting off one uh, nuclear weapon after another, so there was a lot of uh, a lot of really scary things going on at that time. If uh, an alien race uh, wanted to had any interest in Earth, they probably would. This would be the time that they would be there. It says. The cops went out to the farmhouse to investigate, but all they found were signs of a gun battle. Information travels quickly in a rural area like Hopkinsville, and within the hour, the small townhouse, the small farmhouse, was crawling with police and members of local media. From there, the, the story exploded. Rather than shy away from the fact that their town plays a part in a very strange UFO case, the good people of Hopkinsville, Kentucky, have leaned into their mysterious past. In 2010, the town began hosting the Little Green Men Festival, a four-day event filled with UFOlogists, hayrides, and crafts. There's even live music. Hopsonsville, not a town to shy away from the press, dubbed itself Eclipseville in 2017 to draw on tourists, hoping to witness the, total, uh, the totality of the coming eclipse. When asked if the celestial event might bring extraterrestrials to the area, John Smithley, Vice President and Chairperson of Little Green, Men, Little Green Men Festival, said, As far as aliens returning, you never know. Some people say they are already among us, and others say they don't exist, period. Critics of the encounter note that the details about the creatures, from the way they floated, to the mention of glowing eyes, to the talons, 
with which the family was attacked sound incredibly similar to that of a great horned owl. These owls are noted for their aggressive behavior, and they have been confused for aliens before, most notably in the Mothman case. Now, that's that there is a giant assumption, <laughs> and we can talk about that at another time, but I would not say that you can just say, well, the Mothman case was a case of mistaken identity. Uh, the case goes way beyond that. Great horned owls are fairly large. They can grow up to two feet tall and have little tufts of feathers on top of their heads that look similar to eyes to ears. They're nocturnal, so it makes sense they would attack at night. The little gray men floated away when shot at, which sounds a lot like owls flying. Well, it doesn't sound like aliens walking out of the forest to me, and it doesn't sound like a, a UFO that's leaving a, a a trail of rainbow-colored vapor behind it. While some have tried to combat the claims of an encounter with paranormal beings by claiming those involved were likely drunk, there's no evidence to support that theory. When the police investigated, they reportedly concluded alcohol wasn't involved, and despite a spurious rumor, a spurious rumor of moonshine, the police didn't find that either. For, jo for Joanne Smithy, the idea of alcohol being involved is ludicrous. We all laugh at that because... Lam Lanford, Lankford didn't allow alcohol or even cursing on her property. They were a very quiet, trustworthy family. Late, on the, late in the evening on August 21st, after the police and local media had gone home, the family tried to settle in for the night, but they weren't able to rest. Around 3 a.m., the creatures allegedly returned. They began running across the roof and scratching on the house. The neighbors claimed that instead of fighting off aliens for the second time in one night, the families decided to pack up and head for Evansville, Indiana. The families were definitely afraid of something, but whether it was aliens, gremlins, or another claim, or others claim, or owls, is up for debate. One of the most consistent details of the Kelly Hopkins event is the idea of an eerie glow. Billy Taylor saw a rainbow light following the spaceship, and after the shootout, the family claims they saw an emerald glow illuminating the woods, not to mention the glowing figures and their glowing eyes. Some skeptics believe the family was actually witnessing foxfire, a bioluminescent fungus on the decaying wood. The color of foxfire tends to be a bright green, which looks unworldly even when you know what you're looking at. You know, I've spent a lot of time as a kid uh, hunting in the timber. Uh, we hunted uh, coon at night. Never seen glowing foxfire. I've never talked to anybody that's witnessed glowing foxfire. It's amazing how these things like this and, and uh, swamp gas always come out of the woodwork when they're trying to uh, debunk a UFO sighting. But you never hear about reports of swamp gas, or at least I don't, or this fox fire, when someone just happens to be uh, taking a walk in the evening or observing uh, the outdoors from their front porch. It's only when they want to debunk the UFO sighting. Project Blue Book, spearheaded by the United States Air Force from 1952 to 1969, sought to research claims of unidentified flying objects it was the third project of its kind following Project Sign and Project Grudge. According to researchers, the U.S. military never found evidence of UFOs or extraterrestrial life. Now here again, this author is using unnamed sources, researchers. That's just a, just a kind of a generic term, according to researchers. Well, according to a lot of people, they did find stuff that, that they uh, haven't told us about. And now it's all starting to come out. In these last reports that the Defense Department has filed, where they have to actually admit that yes, things have been seen, and they are off-planet. Project Blue Book didn't officially investigate the case because they thought the whole thing was a hoax. They recorded the sighting with the notes CP for 
crackpot. Well, boy, doesn't that give you an idea uh, the frame of mind that these guys had? They're supposed to be neutral uh, investigators, but they're, they label these people as crackpot before they ever even take a look into the case. Even though the Kelly Hobson sighting didn't convince the world of extraterrestrials or little gray men with talons, it did inspire a rash of sci-fi stories, supposedly critters, a 1986 Gremlins knockoff about a farm family fighting off a bunch of creepy aliens who crashed land while riding a meteor, is based on the Kelly Hopkinsville story. The Kelly Hopkinsville events also found their way into the X-Files comic book in an issue uh, subtitled Crop Dusters. Despite what people in charge of the Little Green Men Festival say, many in Hopkinsville didn't believe the story when it was first told. The details changed depending on which person was recounting them, and newspaper stories at the time were inconsistent. Well, that's pretty normal, that different people are going to tell you uh, the experience from their perspective. You know, you, you, you automatically look out for something being a conspiracy when everybody involved has the exact same story. I mean, that's just common sense. Skeptics cling to these discrepancies and claim they prove the families were all imagining things. I have to ask, what, what would have benefited them? Over the course of the local news cycle, the descriptions of the creatures that attacked the farmhouse changed drastically. They were initially described as little over two feet tall, with thin legs and gray coloring. But then things changed. The beings went from gray to green in one newspaper article, and they were given a greenish-silver glow in a later version of the story. Well, that doesn't mean anything to me, because we know how sloppy the reporting can be. We... we uh, went over this case, uh, what was it, Siapapa, the, the, the UFO landing in Italy, uh, where the investigator went back and re-interviewed the woman that had the experience, and she explained to him uh, all the mistakes that the reporters had made in describing things. So, uh, you know, the newspaper business hasn't changed much. In general, reporting has been sloppy uh, for 100 years and better. So that, that's, that, that doesn't mean anything to me. In one article, the creatures were described as four feet tall and were given bulbous heads, while in others they had pointed ears and claws for hands. It's hard to tell if reporters were adding embellishments to the creatures to make the story more interesting or if the various family members just saw different features or imagined different things. Uh, well, unfortunately, it looks like the case was never properly investigated to begin with. But at least we did get uh, some... Uh, Recording of the site, you know, it, and this is not a site that, this is not the type of scenario that's never happened before. You have a UFO that comes down. We don't know if it's in distress or if it's just here to uh, observe, take samples, whatever. It's It was witnessed by these people. They became uh, terrified by what they saw. That's one reaction to something uh, that's just completely out of the world like this. They see these entities emerging uh, from the forest area where the craft uh, had been secured. And then these entities uh, seem as if they want to come in the house, but I think it kind of goes back to that old kind of a cliche werewolf thing where they have to be invited in. Well, these Kentuckians were not about to invite these things into their house. And in fact, they had a shootout with them. And we found something else that we see quite often with these alien encounters, and that is, is that they seem to be impervious uh, to gunfire, just like Bigfoot, just like a lot of these entities. So, to me, the story uh, might be a bit confusing here and there just because of the way it happened. It's 1955. It didn't seem like anybody really sat down with these folks one-on-one uh, -on -one and took the time to uh, take a detailed account from them of what happened. But what we do have is a very good outline of what happened, of what they say happened, what they saw happen with their own eyes. And it makes perfect sense to me. 
So until next time, this is UFO Warning. Over now.